You are now listening to the Gamut of Solomon podcast with me and my new microphone. How's it going? For blogs and more, if you want to check out the podcast or whatever, you can go to my new website domain name, SolomonEzra.com. Yes, it's nice and simple. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the episodes. I believe that some of our goal setting is mistaken. While we are taught to go for goals that focus on money or career, there are better goals that really speak to our hearts that come from within. My guest today emulates this idea. Rather than setting the goal of earning X amount of money doing something, he asked himself, what would it look like if I was to create something that I truly loved and didn't worry about making money? By asking ourselves this question, I believe we open ourselves up to more opportunities and to what really excites us. Look at your life like a smoothie and the combination of fruits and veggies make up the smoothie of the life that is you. Blended together is a unique individual product only created by you with all the things you're interested in. As a multi-potentialite, your your combination becomes your specialty. This is why I call Julian Placino a multi-potentialite. I met Julian while helping out at a Young Leaders for Education event last year at SMU. Currently, he is a senior recruiting and staffing professional, paid keynote speaker, recruiting lead for Bottle Rocket Studios, which is a premier mobile developer in the world. He trains entrepreneurs and offers professional development sales and recruiters in the staffing industry. And he's the host of the Pathways to Success podcast, where he interviews various leaders on their journeys to success. He really helps me and offers many and offers very good advice to recent college graduates. So if anyone tuning in is looking to get into a certain field or to change fields, I think this episode can help a lot. Thanks for tuning in. We are live. Awesome. Welcome to the Gamut of Solomon podcast. I'm here with today with great mentor and I'd like to call friend Julian Placino. How are you doing today, Julian? I'm good, Solomon. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. Thanks for letting me use new equipment. Yeah, it's no, a, absolutely. A big move. It happened. It happened. I happened to have it here, so why not capitalize and awesome. take advantage? So yeah. Awesome. I'll have a, a nice intro that I like to do after. Okay. Um, but you, to me, are like a true kind of term that I like to use is multi-potentialite. You got your strong intention and purpose, like you were just saying before we got on these nice big headsets. Yeah. And then you do all different things that you can exemplify that through. And so I'll, I'll give you a nice kind of introduction I like to prepare. Sure. Um, but like but right before we put these on, you explained to me what your calling is. Could you repeat that? Yeah, so as far as my background, I'm a senior recruiting and staffing professional. At the time of this recording, I'm also the recruiting lead for Bottle Rocket Studios, mm-hmm. one of the premier mobile developers in the world. And I'm also a podcaster. I host a podcast called The Pathways to Success, where I interview various leaders about their journeys to success. And I am also a training entrepreneur. I offer professional development to sales and recruiters in the staffing industry. Awesome. One thing that stuck out to me when I listened to different episodes and 
your on your kind of about and getting to know you a little bit for over a year now, thanks to Greg Weatherford. Hopefully, he listens. Absolutely, <laughs> we'll send him the link. Yeah, we'll send him, we'll the, send link. him the link. <laughs> you like to can't can't think of the exact terms you use, but you're interested with how successful people become successful, right? Yes, and I've what, always been fascinated by how successful people become successful. Mm-hmm. Right? What what specific things do you like to ask them and on their pathways? You have the popular podcast, The Pathways to Success. What do you preferably like to to get from somebody? Because there are a lot of people that are interested in how successful people become successful. But you have your own kind of twist to that. Yeah, really. I just like to hear how people have gone about achieving that success. The great thing about the medium is that you can validate their success and results are the name of the game. And it is always interesting to hear how someone has achieved those results. It's all about the pathways. And for me personally, Solomon, as long as I can remember, whenever I wanted to learn something new, it was always my instinct to go find someone who's already done what I want to do, become their friend, serve them somehow, and then do whatever they tell me to. And that strategy has radically transformed my life in very public and verifiable ways. Um, As a result of my podcast and also acquiring mentors, uh, I became a sponsored podcaster. Mm -hmm. I got signed by a talent agency. I became a paid keynote speaker. And now, of course, my influences have led me to building a training and development company serving the industry I come from. So it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Two things that kind of stuck out when you were just mentioning that is you said results are the name of the game. The results are the name of the game, but right. what type of results? Because if you're so, and I, not you, but kind of experience in my life, you know, when I was so set on, okay, result is um, for basketball, let's say, becoming top player. Uh huh. But then every moment up to that also has to be done as if you're that person. But you can't be so focused just on that result. Can you? I'm not sure if I'm asking that in a proper way. But what do you maybe mean by results? Sure. So let's say that I want to lose weight. And when I graduated from college, I actually weighed 220 pounds. Oh. I was on the wrong plan, right? So my natural instinct was to go see who were the experts in health and fitness, what are they doing, and I stumbled onto Tony Horton, the creator of P90X, right? Mm-hmm. So you can tell just by his lifestyle and by his body and the way that he conducts himself, he knows something that I don't. And what P90X was essentially was a plan, a methodology to be able to do exercise specifically with muscle confusion. And having done that, I I weigh 175 pounds now, right? So it's like, that's what I'm talking about the result. What is it that I want to create? How can I learn from the person who's already done it Mm -hmm. and then do it myself? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Perfect sense. Yeah. The thing I want to add on that is, is the result or the goal that you put the weight I want to be 175 or something more like the result. I want to feel my best, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking 175 is that, but if I get to 185, but I feel great, you know, I may, whatever, have a list, may not look exactly what I I had an expectation to Uh look at at 175. How are you going to respond? Because by putting like, okay, in one year, I want to be at 175 pounds. Mm-hmm. 
but you get one year and you're 185, are you going to be, ah, dang, like I didn't make that goal? Yeah. Or are you going to be like, you're happy about it because you, you feel good, you went after it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I know where you're getting with that. And it's, it's a really good question because I have actually been habitually writing down setting and achieving goals since 2008. I could show you binders and binders and binders of books that I've set out to achieve. What I've experienced in 10 years of intentionally setting goals is that a lot of times I achieve my goals, not necessarily how I thought I was going to, mm-hmm. or I might generate maybe half of the results and find that experience that I was looking for right? So I don't try to tie necessarily to that end goal, but really kind of evaluate all throughout the process. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm open and flexible, right? And your goals are kind of always changing as well. And, and that's, I think that's the key. It's taking action, looking to see where you are, the results are being created, and are you satisfied? Do you need to change your goal? Do you need to do something completely different or whatnot? But I think those are definitely the keys. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I checked out on your website, you have a couple different popular um, articles or blogs that you wrote. One of them, I think it was a recent article, but you mentioned in it that in 2016, that passion alone is not enough to achieve success, but a, but a great starting point. That when I came across that, it kind of um, it resonated with me because... Mm-hmm. I have strong passion, as we were been kind of talking about. Right. But that's you say, is just a good starting point. Mm-hmm. How do you get clear on, and being open and flexible, on just going out and starting, getting, getting clear on what you want with that passion, making sure that it's in alignment with the intention? I think maybe where I was going with that is that when it comes to business, passion itself is not enough. There almost has to be kind of an intersection of things that you do naturally well, things that you enjoy doing, and also what creates value within the marketplace, right? So for example, if you're really passionate about you know painting, but you don't share it with anyone or you don't sell it or it's mm-hmm. not really any good, right? You don't really have a business there. But I think passion is a good starting point to figure out what that might be for you. Just kind of like in the time that you and I have been discussing, mm-hmm. right? Clarity is the first step, right? And, and if you don't really know exactly what you want to do yet, something that I, I borrowed from Tim Ferriss was follow the things that excite you, follow the things that make you curious. Because the more that you pursue your areas of interest, the more clear you'll be about the path that you want to take. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Funny you bring up Tim Ferriss. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mentioned to you before we started recording that I went to Austin mm-hmm. to go to Onnit. Yeah. Because I wanted that, when I defined what it is that I want to do uh-huh. and the things that I am passionate about, I'd been following Aubrey Marcus and Onnit. And so I was like, I'm in Dallas. Austin's not far. I'm going to go there. And I also know Tim Ferriss is there. So Does he live in Austin? Yeah. Okay, cool. I think he moved a while ago yeah. just from reading his I thought he was on the West Coast. Yeah, all right. And, uh, you know, I went to on it and met a lot of the people that work there. Kyle Kingsbury, unfortunately, Aubrey was out of town. Uh-huh. But long story short, it was like Saturday and I felt good after just meeting a bunch of people that work there. Uh-huh. And... I went out afterwards and I was in Austin and I was like by myself 
I had friends in Austin, but they were doing their own thing. And I was like sitting at a place I was staying at. And I was like, hmm, don't really know what to do. But then something clicked and I was like, I'm in Austin by myself. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so I went to, there was this creek, had some kind of light show, and then met up with some friends at um, Rainy Street. And guess who I ran into at Rainy Street? Tim Ferriss? Tim Ferriss. Get out of town. <laughs> and I wrote him. Wait a, a minute. When was this? Saturday. No. I was, I was in Austin off Rainy Street two Saturdays ago. Or was it one yeah. Saturday ago? Yeah. Yeah, it was, was two was, Saturdays ago. Yeah, I was there at the same time. I was interviewing uh, Rubbish, the startup company down there. Hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. We, we were talking about the different synchronistic events, like uh, this uh, job that I came across. Yeah. And this is one of them. And I had a card. Like, right before I went out that evening, yeah, I was like, because I, I, you know what? I wrote a card to give to Tim Ferriss rather than trying emailing him. Because, you know, he talks about, he's like, how do you get, or he talks about how he would give um, talks yeah. at Princeton. And he would give the students challenges. If you can get in contact with somebody seemingly impossible to get in contact with, I'll give you a trip around the world. And so I was like, everybody's going to try and email him. I'm going to write a card like I did for people at Onnit. Yeah. Not just to get, obviously, to meet them, but because I genuinely think what they're doing and their work. Yeah. So I wrote genuine, meaningful cards of thanks. And right before I went out, I looked at the card and I was like, I wonder if I should bring this out. And I was like, nah, what are the chances? It's Tim Ferriss. He doesn't go out to bars. <laughs> but... Then we were at some bar, I think Eisenhower. Yeah. And we were just walking through, and sure enough, he's there by the fence with some friends. And then he, I was just, we were just waiting there, kind of like, what's the right word when you see like somebody, a celebrity or something, you're like, uh, girling out about it. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, as they were walking out, I was like, Tim. I, I won the challenge. I just got in contact with somebody seemingly impossible <laughs> to get in contact with. Oh, He's like, it. is there any way I can contact you? He's like, no, I'm sorry, but you'd like this. And he shows us his emails because I said, can I email you? He's like, nah, you'd appreciate this. And he had like over 600,000 emails. And I was like, okay, this is a good enough though. Yeah. Pleasure meeting you. Did you get a picture or anything? No. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Yeah. Did you give him the card? No, I didn't bring it. You didn't bring it. <laughs> well, that's so crazy. You got to meet Tim, yeah. man. That's awesome. Right, and I was in the middle of reading a four-hour work week. Yeah. I read the other books, but not that one. That guy is my hero in many ways yeah. and one of my inspirations to get in a podcast. So hopefully we'll both get to meet him soon. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> That'd be cool. That's a great story, man. Awesome. We went on a little bit of tangent. No, that's cool. That's, going, that's going, where the beautiful things yeah. are, the conversations, the hidden gems, right? Right. Yeah. It's, it's cool you say that, too, because I think... Uh, Sometimes I want to like prepare so much for like an interview. Yeah. But then I remember why I started a podcast or something. Because one thing I could do every day and what excites me is having conversations like these. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about podcasts. But then there's also, and that's what I also love about differentiating is if somebody's having like a genuine podcast because they want to share information or their experiences. Or as a business measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another one thing I did prepare to kind of want to talk about is sure. the consistency. Yeah. You're big on consistency. I am. And you talk, you spoke or wrote a little bit about your first 
beginnings with podcasting and all the different, as I said, multi-potentials mm-hmm. that you got into. And I'm on maybe episode 11 or so. Good for you. And I want to get some... I want to get some. I don't want to get anything. Yeah. I just want to hear your take on consistency mm-hmm. in short. Yeah, no. So I have produced one new podcast episode every Monday for two years. And I started the podcast in March of 2016. And something that I've seen and heard from many content creators is that, you know, the first couple pieces of content that you create might not necessarily be great, but the most important thing you can do is be consistent, right? And that is what I have been able to do. Because when you start doing this consistency piece, it starts to become kind of like this body of work your personal brand begins to emerge. Your platform becomes a way for people to get to know you without them ever meeting you, right? There really does seem to be this kind of compound effect. Like a lot of times when you think of the word personal brand, you think of some kind of celebrity, but I've just seen it so specifically and measurably in my own life, right? That's how I get booked for a lot of my speaking engagements or just the videos that I post online. Um, So yeah, the consistency piece is very important. And one of the things that I did to sort of hold myself accountable is I wrote that in the title of the show. This is a weekly show with new episodes every Monday, right? So I kind of declared it out there to the public that this is what is going to happen. But since my training company has been starting to succeed here over the past few months, I've skipped to an every other week release schedule. But yeah, man, consistency is really important, especially in the life of a content creator. Mm -hmm. With consistency... Mm -hmm. Do you use any maybe self-reflection time to make sure that you're also aligned with the initial intention? Because I want to say use basketball again as an example for myself. You know, I was consistently going to the gym every day, working out two hours. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until kind of injuries stopped me Mm -hmm. and where I reflect and I was like oh wait where am I going with this Mm -hmm. type of thing you know I wanted to obviously go to the NBA but that's to me like a means goal Mm -hmm. not a an end goal which what I really found is that I love the kind of peak performance Mm -hmm. and the zone so is there anything when you're you have the podcast or something and you know it's important to stay consistent and improve, but is there a measure or a tool you use to make sure that you're not just getting consistent or what's a, what's a good word for that? Just continuously doing something for no reason. Yeah. No, and I gauge that to see whether or not I'm enjoying myself. Because I originally started this off, like I honestly, when I started this podcast, I didn't care if anyone listened. Um, I did this really just for, I wanted to do it because I love doing it. And you'll see this on the about section of my webpage. It's like, I've been very entrepreneurial for a decade and I've tried so many different things, real estate, network marketing, internet businesses, for the sole purposes of making money, right? They were all great experiences, but I never loved any of them and nor did I achieve any kind of unusual success. This podcast was the first time I've done anything entrepreneurial for the sake of just loving it. But of course, this is the one that seemed to have all sorts of abundance, right? From it all came all these different things. I'm booked now through March of 2019 with guests coming on the podcast. Booking agents reach out to me and pitch me guests. It's it's turned to this whole other thing. And honestly, I love it now more than ever. And it all came because you started doing it because you love. Because I loved what I was doing. 
And yeah. how long how long ago when did you start exactly? Because nowadays podcasts are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. But you you've had you've done it for a while now. March of 2016, at the time of this recording, I produced 125 episodes and I have recorded 136. Wow. Yeah. And so how how um prior to what's the period between like recording and then actually like uh putting it out i wish i had a scientific way to kind of do that right but it's just it's one new episode every 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 week for two years and now every other week now um but yeah it really depends also like if i'm trying to have it coincide with a call to action with one of my guests but i really just kind of figure out which one i feel is best at the time um i don't really have a super definitive content calendar um, but I just pay attention to the needs of my guest and what's corresponding at any given time. So cool. Yeah. So you're big on doing work you love. I'm How... a huge believer in that. Awesome. I, I am too. Yeah. How did you get clear on what you want? And did you have any big experience that kind of had you helped you pause and shift gears? Um, like you were mentioning in college, you had you were 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that like a period or just some kind of experience that you shifted gears and like, no, I'm going to p- have a paradigm shift? Yeah. You know, it happens slowly. And I'll be very honest with you. I've been on kind of this very intentional journey of self-awareness for the past decade. That's why I so appreciate you for who you are and taking the time to get to know yourself, right? Because this whole podcasting, it didn't happen overnight. So there's a few clues, right? I, one of my natural abilities has been my ability to communicate. Something I've been told my entire life after I, <laughs> after I had, went through puberty was that you have a voice for radio. And something that I discovered also is that I have what the... What about a face for radio? <laughs> no, a face for radio, right? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I could, I could be on camera. Yeah, I got picked Not up Not anymore. You got agency, a right? model agency. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Go ahead. So sorry. it's like all of these things started to come into play, right? Like it seemed like the market, the world uh, was telling me that I had kind of a personality for some type of media or content creation, Mm -hmm. right? So it was just kind of trying to figure out the things that I was good at, that I was bad at, that I liked to do and didn't like to do, and just kept following that bliss. And it led me here. And it's so tailored to my background. You know, my show is an interview show. And I've been in recruiting and staffing for the past 11 years. I'm uniquely qualified to track top performers and conduct very much in-depth interviews. Now, you couple that with these, like, quote-unquote sort of media talents that I have in terms of the sound of my voice, the way that I project, my theatrical qualities, things like that, right? And it worked out really well, Mm -hmm. right? And the thing is that I had no idea when I started this podcast that any brand would sponsor me, that someone would pay me to speak, that I'd be building a training and development company and all these different things. But it all came as a result organically by doing this project that I loved, that I was uniquely equipped for and helps other people. Mm -hmm. Do you have any practical advice to someone listening or even myself getting more and more clear on doing what I love to find or to open up to what they really love? Yeah, go do something. Something Marie Marie Forleo says, she says that clarity, it doesn't come from thought alone. It comes from action. It comes from engagement. Thinking in your head is one thing, but once you do an experience, that experience gets in your bones and it gives you much more clarity. So whatever it is that you think that you're interested in, go try it, go experiment, go play with it. Something in that field. Something in that field. Also, go talk to people who are already in that field. Interview their stories, see what they're like. You know, understand the path that they've traveled to get clarity. 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of experimentation, but just taking one step in front of you, one step at a time towards whatever it is that you love. Mm -hmm. But you have to have um, some kind of clarity on what that is you love, right? You can't, because along with just doing something to do it, Mm -hmm. it's also important how you do something how you approach it, right? A hundred percent. Yes. And you, and, and if you're listening now, you might, you should already know some clues. Like for me personally, I've always loved having interesting conversations with people that I found interesting, mm -hmm. particularly with my mentors, because I knew value was being created, right? Well, and relationship building and relationship building. Yeah. The podcast has been the single best networking tool I've ever seen. Solomon, you know, it's like I've interviewed company founders, CEOs, New York times, bestselling authors, TEDx speakers, just a litany of incredible people. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things, those were one of the clues because now I'm doing that, but now it helps other people because I capture it and share it on the internet. Awesome. Yeah. Man. Hmm. What is, I have a couple more questions. Sure. Do you, let's see, I didn't, I'm trying to think how to put this together. Did you have a moment, I might have meant, asked it a little bit earlier, but a moment, and you might have also touched on this a little bit, but a moment that really, where you said it happened kind of over a slow time, but was there a, a a start to to that pathway to the success that you 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 knew or maybe didn't know that it was kind of be a slow progression i'm not sure if i understand the question no. clearly solomon so like was there one definitive point mm -hmm. where i felt like this thing was going to succeed or just to start it just what to was... start it well i th i think it was that i think it was that because you know I have been heavily influenced by Tim Ferriss's podcast, mm -hmm. by Lewis's Lewis House's podcast, yeah, School of Greatness, too. and also Tom Bilyeu's um, Impact Theory. Impact Theory, right? So already all that stuff was playing in the back of my head, right? And I always love these interesting conversations. Like I said, I've been having conversations with my mentors very much like that. And then more and more, I, I listened. The more and more, I thought I, I could do that too, you mm -hmm. know. And in the beginning. I, I really didn't care if anyone listened, right? I just wanted to do it because I wanted to do it. And I think that was the clarity, the really being able to believe in myself and taking action and then starting. Like that episode one was probably the hardest one that you'll ever do. But once you start to gain that critical mass and that momentum, dude, it reach, reaches kind of like an automation process. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's like I, I have to turn people down for the podcast now because I can't book that far out in advance. Nice. Yeah. It, throughout the beginning because you knew you were doing it out of because you just loved having the conversations yeah um did you gain was was there any criticism and a bunch of different opinions why are you doing this wasting your time etc you know not a not really no you know? always had good support i've always had some pretty good support and i think I think what I did is I, I leveraged kind of my credibility in recruiting that I've had in my corporate mm -hmm. career and a lot of my connections and a lot of people sort of knew what I was about. Even though I had an untested platform, they knew what my personality, what my character was. So they were open to coming on this very much untested podcast and sharing their stories. Uh, but I think people caught on that the quality of interviews was very good and I was really doing this to sincerely help my guests. Um, and that worked out pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Thank you.
since since we brought up Tim Ferriss, I'm going to borrow one of his questions. Sure, absolutely, yeah. And since I'm recently graduated from college, Uh what advice do you have for a recent college graduate entering the world? Man, okay, so here's the perspective I come from, Solomon. So I've been in recruiting and staffing now for the past 11 years. I've literally hired hundreds of people from all over the country in a multitude of different disciplines. Mm -hmm. And what I've truly seen is that there really seems to be commonalities between people who get hired and not hired in the marketplace. Specifically, where you're at is considered entry level. And I have to say, it's the most brutal market segment that exists because you have very little to no experience, um, probably not a very large network, not so many points of differentiation, right? Mm -hmm. But the things that you're doing are going to make a difference, right? That the entry-level people who do get hired typically have some kind of experience, some kind of work that they can point to, whether it's part-time jobs or internships, uh, industry contacts, right? But the thing that you're doing, which is, I believe, the most important thing that you can do is gaining self-awareness. Solomon, I'm not proud of this, but I've hired so many people that hate their jobs. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that for you. Of course not. And I think the only way that you don't end up that way is if you're honest about self-awareness. Figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like, what you're good at, what you're bad at, right? And then start following the things that you love because I really do believe this. Ultimately and eventually, if you follow your bliss, you're going to find something great, right? But make sure to always tie it to serving others because that's what a job is. That's what a business is. That's how the market commensurately pays you is by adding value to the marketplace. But it has to have that intersection. What are you uniquely good at? What do you love to do? And what creates value for other people? That is a pathway to success. Mm -hmm. And if somebody maybe didn't take that time right after school and had to just get a job, how would you suggest maybe some advice to spending that time? Would they just need to, you know, one night sit down, maybe journal, ask themselves any specific questions? What do you, what would you say? Yeah, I think, I think journaling is a good way to sort of introspect about the things that you enjoy. And, you know, your full-time job is your full-time job, but depending on how important this is to you, you will make time for the things that are important for Mm -hmm. you, right? So what are the things you're doing after hours on the weekends in the, in the evenings, you know, like this podcast very much for me was, was kind of a side hustle. I recorded all my content on Saturdays, right? But from it sprung forth all this abundance, right? Don't worry necessarily about the end result. Just start the process of figuring out who you are. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, Personal question. Sure. No, no, not personal question. Personal to me. Like interested. (laughs) Yeah. Um, how do you decide when to rest? How do I decide I have, when to rest? I have, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm still getting better. Not still, but I am getting better yeah. at learning how to really just relax. relax. Because a lot of things, I always want to have some kind of purpose to it. You know, sure. I have a purpose to doing this or to watching this show even type of yeah. stuff. But then I think I read somewhere that somebody was like, uh, what is rest? It's something you, ju- you do without any purpose. Yeah. Do you you have any take on, because like, especially if you have a job and you want to start something on your own after the hours, what some people say you have the nine to five and then the five to nine. Yeah. Any, any advice on just resting and relaxing? Cause that can also lead to the most creative stuff. 
Yeah. Afterwards. So first off, you and I have a similar personality type in the sense that I am always on the go. My mind constantly races. Um, on the Strengths Finder 2.0 test, I recommend that you take this. I'm big into these self-assessment points that help you realize more about yourself. Well, one of my top five themes is the Arranger theme. And what it says, uh, not Arranger theme, I'm sorry, the Achiever theme. And the Achiever theme says that forever I will live with the whisper of discontent. And every morning, wow. I feel that way. I feel like unless I do something, until I achieve something, I cannot rest. So that is definitely something that I still feel that I need to improve upon. But yes, like even like taking vacation, like I'll be very honest with you, sitting on a beach, just thinking about that gives me anxiety because <laughs> I'm not building or creating anything, right? It's like that, like I'm not a good person to take on vacation. Like my, my work has become my joy. I truly love doing it. This right here on a Saturday, man, in between podcast recordings, I'm loving every bit of this, hanging out here with you because I love it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's when you you know you're doing the right thing. When you would do it for free. And I have done the podcast thing for free, right? For a very long time. So, um, but I do I am seeing the importance of resting, right? So what did what did Abe Lincoln say? He said that um if you gave me an hour to chop down a tree, I'd spend fifty minutes sharpening the axe, so to speak. I feel that way whenever I'm resting. Right. And a lot of times, even like an active rest, like if I'm just going for a run or a walk or something like that, like the ideas, they start to spin, Mm -hmm. like they bake, they incubate. Right. So I think it's important. I think just the general rule of like honoring the Sabbath, um, I think is a good is a good thing. Like one full day of rest. Right. Mm -hmm. And to prepare yourself for for the week ahead. Mm -hmm. That's today for me. That's the day for you. <laughs> I came from services. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we won't no, do I, this too long. Though, no, right? I, I like to uh, to add. Uh, yeah. There are some days that I completely like uh, on some Shabbats yeah. that I completely don't use phone or something because yeah. we're not supposed to work. And yeah. so I think I'm, I'm learning more about it, but it has to do with you know lighting a fire and then there's some kind of spark when you turn on your phone, just like when you turn yeah. on the key mm-hmm. um but when i can i always try to do something more special so like i won't get on social media or yeah. something yeah um, i think also a helpful uh metaphor maybe solomon is also like when you work out a muscle right you don't constantly work out a muscle you 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 tear it down but you have to give it time to rest for it to rebuild mm-hmm. stronger i feel the same way applies to rest when it comes to business yeah, yeah. it's probably what i'm thinking you might also like about uh tim ferris how, how he goes for like short increments he works and then goes like travels and different type of things yeah Yeah. man he's the guy that i think i got this idea from him where he talked about like always having these mini sabbaticals and i like that idea right and i think eventually i'll be able to work towards a lifestyle that can support that but he sees the importance of risk he's a brilliant guy he's certainly been a mentor and uh and i'm sure that would work out for me too very cool yeah awesome well last question sure what is the gift you're here to share with the world what is a gift or you would like to share world. with the world for me you have been a very nice kind of bright yeah person and like i mentioned at the beginning multi-potentialite that i would like to emulate yeah like you also mentioned you know when you find something that you want to do you go and look at other people that have done that yeah and you i would like to appreciate you for that and thank you yeah for for being that for me and f- for for meeting you at um that I think it was Teach for America uh, event that one time. Yeah, for the YLE, yeah. Young Leaders in Education. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in addition 
to not just for me but for everyone else and in your eyes what what is that gift I'm not sure what the demographic is of your audience but the one thing that I can just honestly say is true is that if you center your life around God first everything else seems to fall into play right <laughs> it feels like whenever I'm in alignment with what I believe he wants for my life I start to get into the state of flow from a tactical perspective and career perspective I say this truly as early on as you can in life start to find the intersection of what you naturally do well what you enjoy doing and what helps other people because once you find that you will never have to quote unquote work for the rest of your life thank you thank you man i really enjoy this you're a terrific interviewer solomon really yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah yeah I can't say thank you enough. <laughs> and I just, it's, it's, uh, it's funny looking at you wearing these yeah. headphones. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'd like to do this again sometime. And I Anytime, really appreciate man. all the help you've been offering me freewheelingly with getting clear on what it is that I want. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you can att attest to this. When uh, last time I, I was in your office and you, you were right before I was leaving and getting down the elevator, you said, I really care for you and, and love to help you, Solomon, but nobody can really help you unless you get clear on what you want. And since then, I have, thank God, gotten so much more clear. And thanks again. Yeah. It's been great. It's been an honor. I, yeah. I'm glad that we're friends. If there's anything I can do to help you out, man, you know I will. So. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. Do we take these off? Uh, yeah, do you do a sign-off, a call to action or anything? <laughs> Subscribe, comment, share, anything like that? Or what do you do? <laughs> how, how, about, you the show? No, how about this is... Uh, no, I'd like to keep going. Like, uh, what, what would you say? Here's a learning lesson for me. How do you... Uh, how do you normally end? Yeah, so, so typically I do something that promotes my guest, and I say, where can people follow you, right? And mm -hmm. uh, how do they connect with you? Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times my guests are promoting something, right? So uh, I try to use this as a vehicle to, to support that. Um, and then I usually ask, uh, tell my audience to, you know, leave a review, uh, comment, and share this out with people that they think could benefit from it. <laughs> Thanks for doing that for me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, you and your Jedi tricks. Yeah. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess that's Well, right. Julian, where can people follow you? You could check me out. I'm actually the only Julian Placino that has ever existed. So you could search my name on Google, uh, on iTunes, and any social media channel. My website is julianplacino.com. That's J-U-L-I-A-N-P-L-A-C-I-N-O.com. Awesome. Thanks again. This is the gamut of Solomon Podcasts, and I am here with Julian Placino, the man and the podcast host of The Pathways to Success, which I will hopefully be on soon. <laughs> <laughs> Would love to have you on, man. <laughs> Thanks, Solomon. Awesome. Thank you. All right.